Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Profit Podcast. I'm going to take a break from our team interviews today and, and talk a little bit about hiring experts and why you need to be careful hiring experts to help you in your business. This is Nick, the founder of Harvest Profit. And on this podcast, we're going to share with you lessons we learn along the way building our business at Harvest Profit. We're going to do quite a bit of communicating with customers, uh, prospective customers regarding changes to the software, uh, feature updates, things that we're thinking about, questions, dialogue, and then just try to share some information uh, that we are learning in our business. Because at the end of the day, a farm is a business, uh, a grain elevator is a business, a bank is a business. And so we can, there, there's a lot to learn from each other and we're all about sharing more information and being transparent. So in this episode, I'm going to start out this past winter. I was driving down to Minneapolis, uh, had to go to a doctor's appointment. We're drive, coming from Fargo. It's typically a little over a three-hour drive. This past winter was quite horrendous due to weather. We had probably a dozen or more uh, quote-unquote ground blizzards where we just had a lot of snow and a lot of wind and the snow was moving around and and oftentimes when they put a lot of salt on the the interstates the snow sticks to the interstate turns to ice just makes really terrible conditions anyway so a three hour and ten minute drive turned into you know a five hour plus drive uh, really was just not enjoying the day uh, it was the evening Arrive at our hotel in Minneapolis. There's a big line. Just you know, all in all, not not the most fun day. So we're third or fourth in line to check into our hotel, uh, ready to go to bed, and I feel my phone vibrate in my pocket, and I pull my phone out, and it's a friend, and he says something along the lines of. It looks like you've been thrown to the wolves on Egg Talk. And I thought, oh man, Egg Talk is a, is a quite heavily visited farm forum. And I thought, you know, what did I, you know, what did I do now? So I pull out my phone, look at Egg Talk. And it turns out we had done a direct mail campaign. So trying to introduce more people to our blog, to our newsletter, to our software, and so we sent out some direct mail pieces. And I'm not a direct mail expert. And, you know, I kind of live, have lived by this philosophy of if you're not good at something, uh, don't try to do it all yourself. So hire experts to help you. So I tried to hire somebody who I thought was, after doing due, due diligence, was really a, an expert in their field of writing marketing copy. So writing direct mail content letters and so um, had this gentleman write out some a few different mail pieces that we sent out to a couple thousand farmers across the corn belt there were four different pieces of mail and when reading through them you know a lot of the language just wasn't farm specific you know we're talking about silos well 
you know, some people refer to grain storage as silos, but in our part of the world, you know, it's a grain bin, it's grain storage, just a lot of little words that were off uh, and no fault to the this expert copywriter I hired, but I had to go through and update it. And, and it got to the, you know, at the end of the day, there were also some, some language that I didn't really feel comfortable with. The, they're trying to, you know, add urgency. And so the last letter had stamped on it, final notice, warning, final notice. And then there was some relatively pushy language in the letter. And I, I expressed my concern to the copywriter. I said, we're just trying to get people to sign up for a free trial of our software to see if it's a fit. You know, does this, I don't really think this fits with our brand. It just feels too pushy. Well, this guy lives on the East Coast, has a, a little bit of a, an aggressive mentality and pushes me to, uh, he said something along the lines of, I've written thousands of these letters, Nick. I guarantee you my copy would outperform anything that you do. And I said, well, fair enough. I can't argue with that. So go ahead, send out the mail. It was moderately successful. We got a few customers out of it. It, it was ROI positive. But then I pull out my pocket. You know, Nick and Harvest Profit have been called out, thrown to the wolves on Ag Talk. And specifically, it was this language, final notice, warning, this is your last chance. You know, what the, it just, I should have gone with my gut and peeled that out of there because final notice warning, this is your last letter we're going to send you about your free trial, which you can sign up for at any time. Like what sort of false urgency is appropriate in that case? I should have went with my gut over what the expert told me, even if it maybe cut into our ROI a little bit. At the end of the day, our business is, uh, it's a brand and we just can't, you know, damage to the brand is is far uh, could be far more expensive than you know getting another customer at $1500 a year. And so in that case, I let the expert take over the decision for myself. I went against my gut and I think at the end of the day did more harm than good and I if I don't know if I said this a moment ago, but I paid this person $3500 to write this copy. So it's not like it was it was something that was that was cheap. It was a, a fairly healthy financial investment for our company. And you know, there were some good that come out of it, but I should have taken my knowledge, incorporated it with the knowledge of this marketing expert, and drafted something that I was, you know, completely comfortable with. If you know anything about Harvest Profit, we love putting out content, we love writing blog posts and email newsletters but we also ask for business. We are a for-profit business. We need revenue to keep the lights on, to pay our employees. And so for as much as we like putting out valuable content, we also ask for business. In this case, I should have used my, my gut to peel back the aggressive tone of some of this direct mail copy, and that was a mistake on my part. Uh, we sent that, We sent it out again, and I... I peeled away a lot of that aggressive language and I should have done that in the first place. So when you think about hiring experts in your farm, it's okay to defer decisions to people that know more than you, but you should educate 
you should have a base level of knowledge of the drivers that operate your farm so you don't put yourself in a situation where somebody who knows 1% about your farm business is making decisions that are going to drive uh, the, the outcome of your business. Secondly, I'm gonna talk about a meeting that I had yesterday. At Harvest Profit, we hired an outsourced CFO firm, which I'm excited about. I think they are going to do great work, but I'm gonna share one conversation that I had with him, and I've had it with a couple people recently, and they say, how much time are your developers spending on building new pieces of software versus maintaining your software? And I say, I, you know, I don't have a scientific answer to that. I would say it's probably 50-50. And so he said, okay, well then we should be capitalizing, you know, 50% of your software development expense as an asset on your balance sheet and not expensing that. And I said, well, I don't really care about showing more profitability at the end of the day I want our financial statements to reflect the financial health of our business. And if it shows lower profitability, who cares? At the end of the day, it's the amount of cash that we have in the bank that matters over the long term. Obviously, we want to build up a valuable asset, so it's not all just cash. We want to have valuable intangibles, you know, a valuable cold, uh, code base, a valuable brand. But I pushed back and I had somebody else recently tell me, you should be capitalizing a lot of your software expenses. It really makes the banks feel more comfortable uh, about lending to a software business where there aren't any hard assets. And I said, well, what does it matter if we capitalize it? At the end of the day, our cash flow is the same. And if I would have just said, okay, let's do that. Uh, the, the next question from the, the controller or the next big point is they, they wanna do break even analysis what's the cost of producing one of our software subscriptions so we can start to make decisions on uh, how much are we willing to invest to get a new subscriber and i had to pivot the conversation towards you know, at the end of the day i i want to do uh you know better accrual accounting where we're matching up our revenue with our expenses but cash is king that's the health of our business we don't have hard assets that we can turn to cash. We, ha we need cash in the bank. Cash is the number one KPI for our business, uh, probably number two. Number one is uh, making sure we have software that our customers love to use and frequently use. Number two is we need cash in the bank. Cash runs out, this thing, this ship burns real fast. And so capitalizing our software expense to show increased profitability, I could care less about that. Like I don't care one bit because I know I think about everybody ripped on Amazon and, and Jeff Bezos for not producing any net income. Well, all he cared about is positive cash flow. And uh, they were expensing things that were hurting their their net income. And but they were deferring their they, they were deferring their tax liability. And so you know, there's questions on the the you know the ethics of paying you know of taking advantage of every tax loophole you can to minimize your tax bill but he was focused on return on invested capital from a cash flow standpoint not taxable net income 
And if I wouldn't have pushed back and if I wasn't as, didn't have as strong of beliefs on that cash is king, uh, return on our invested cash is the number one financial metric, we could have went down the path of not even showing cash on our KPI dashboards. Uh, we could have went down the path of spending a lot of time to try to maximize our financial statement profitability and all of a sudden ended up in a situation where you know, we have a $20,000 payroll coming due and we have $17,000 in the bank, but we're profitable. What do we do? Yeah, we could, we could, we could have short-term liquidity. We do have access to some line of credits, but at the end of the day, I could have easily gotten distracted with this concept of, you know, let's really fine tune what the actual expenses that are going into maintaining the software by capitalizing the software expense. And this reminds me quite a bit of farms, let's say from 20, you know, basically from 2010 to 2013 or 14 that were buying equipment to defer tax liability and do section 179 depreciation. So they were uh, purchasing equipment and oftentimes they were also pairing the equipment purchases with debt. So they had they had a fully depreciated asset and a debt payment that they couldn't offset. They still had to pay taxes on that cash flow uh, on the equipment that on the on the cash that was leaving the farm. It was just a a misweighted uh, cash flow situation and you know if they would have maintained high profitability it wouldn't have mattered at all but margins came down they even went negative and so they had an asset that they couldn't depreciate anymore but they still had to make the payment on it and so if you understand it you don't need to be an expert you don't need to do everything yourself but you should understand your uh, cost of production you should understand your balance sheet your working capital you don't have to do the bookkeeping yourself, but you need to take ownership of it. And don't do what I did. You know, let somebody kind of bully me around, you know, their East Coast mentality of, uh, you know, Nick, we've wrote, we've written thousands of marketing letters. You're paying us to do this. I will guarantee that we are copied out, perform yours. I should have put my foot down and said, no, I hired you. This is my business. You know, stick it. And that hurt our brand. And I regret that. And my conversation yesterday with the accountant, I think it's going to be a great relationship having another, <clears throat> having uh, some financial expertise outside of our team to, to review our numbers is going to be great. But I tried to squash the focus on trying to maximize financial statement profitability because cash flow is king. We cash needs to be a KPI. And really, you know, it's nice to have uh, accrual financials, but we need to, you know, we can't, it's not easy for us. We don't have an operating note that we can go in and, uh, you know, have our, our bank extend that, kick the can down the road. We need to make sure that we have a, a very healthy liquidity position because we're in a business that doesn't have hard assets. So that's my long-winded story of be careful when you're hiring experts. It's okay to hire experts, but you need to understand, uh, you need to have opinions. You need to have a, a baseline knowledge of, you know, whether it comes to HR, finances, cost of production, crop insurance, you should understand what's going on. And so they're helping you make better decisions, but not completely taking the decision off the table because at the end of the day, they don't know your business, your farm as good as you do. So 
with that, we took a break from our employee interviews. I wanted to just share some caution on hiring experts. Uh, I could really rant and rave about some more marketing people that I've hired. Um, one quick tidbit, I, I can't help myself. Hired somebody to help with some online, some online marketing, some digital ads. And I was on, I don't know what social media platform or even if it was like a Google ad that showed up somewhere, but it was the ugliest ad I have ever seen. Terrible. I blew my mind that this, this image with our logo would get published online. I was irate. It was terrible. It was the worst looking ad I've ever seen in my life. And it was my businesses because I hired somebody who was an expert, but they don't have the same standards as we do. So now I'm really fired up thinking about that one. Rather than wasting, <laughs> ranting and ranting and ranting, I'm gonna, I'll have to cut off this episode because I gotta get some work done. So with that, be careful hiring experts, uh, have a baseline knowledge on what drives the needle and moves the needle in your business and, and be comfortable taking ownership with your decisions and pushing back on experts that don't know your business as good as you do. So with that, that's the end of this episode of the Harvest Profit Podcast. We are going to be interviewing another employee uh, when we talk to you again. Thank you.